Hello Manchester United fans, welcome back to the Manchester is Red podcast. It's me again, Sam Hutchison, at Sam Hutch, M-E-N on Twitter if you do want to talk to me. I'm here today to do your pre-match ahead of today's game between Spurs and Manchester United. In this podcast we will be listening to Eric Ten Hag's press conference as well as Ange Postacoglu's press conference before the game as well as me giving you a little bit of what I think could happen. So, without further ado, let's get straight into it. This game should be a lot more difficult for Manchester United than the Wolves game was, and they made that look really hard. Against Wolves, there really wasn't anything in midfield, and that was where Wolves actually looked the best. Cunha was running at the players who were already on yellow cards or were isolated on their in their own in Lissandro Martinez and Casemiro. Lissandro Martinez was already on a yellow card and ended up going off. And then, obviously, the step down to Victor Lindelof, who I do think is quite capable but isn't as good as Lissandro Martinez, is considerable. Varane's not got the pace that he used to have. And Casemiro was left high and dry by some of the other players in the midfield alongside him. That's where Ten Hag's really going to have to change what he wants from this week. And against Spurs, Especially, the challenge is going to be, how do they not get ran over in midfield? Spurs are still missing Rodrigo Bentancourt, so their midfield is looking a little bit weaker. But Bissouma looked fantastic last week in the first game of the season. And alongside some of Spurs' other midfielders, they should still have a pretty solid midfield unit as it goes. For Man United, the real question is, Ericsson coming in for Mount and does Sancho start instead of Garnacho, whether that's on the left or as a false nine, which we saw him deployed as in pre-season. Obviously, I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm going to ha- try and have a guess at the very least. Christian Romero is fit after he picked up a head injury last weekend in the first game, so they will have a pretty much full-strength team apart from Rodrigo Bentancourt. And obviously, Harry Kane left last week, which could be a huge deal for Spurs' season. Richarlison, whilst he's capable at the very least, he's not on the Harry Kane level of being this world-class striker. So Spurs really have to find the goals from other areas of the pitch and other players. And that's where I think Spurs' biggest weakness comes can they turn the chances that are still going to be created into the goals that then need to be scored? That's where I really have my doubts with Spurs. But Manchester United fans, you'll have to let me know what you think of the game. Obviously, Rasmus Hoyland is still missing. and When he comes back, it will be a much stronger side. Eric Ten Hag in his press conference today, you'll hear it in a second, said that Harry Maguire is happy to have Harry Maguire still at the club which it might be a bit of game playing by Ten Hag. You know, he's not going to come out and say, no, I want him gone. But it could also be, it means he doesn't have to go and sign another right-footed centre-half because Harry Maguire is still there for depth. And if Man United do go, end up playing 60-odd games again this season as they did last season, maybe Harry Maguire will be actually called into action a lot more than Eric Ten Hag will plan at the very least. Maybe that is just an eventuality he is planning for. However, I do think this game for a lineup and a score prediction, I would say I think it'll be Onana in net. Wambasaka deserves to keep his place at right back. He was probably the best player for Manchester United against Wolves in that first game of the season. Baran Martinez, Luke Shaw at left back, Casemiro. I would start Mount and Fernandez again. I think Mount has. Deserves a bit more time, at the very least, to prove to the Manchester United faithful inside the stadium that he can do what he was brought in to do and play as that eight rather than just playing as that ten. And then in attack, I would probably keep it the same. I think Garnacho, on occasion, shows these fantastic flashes of brilliance that we really want to see. And I do think he will be dangerous even if it's not this game, I think he will be dangerous throughout the season. I would have thought Rashford will start up front again, but obviously in modern football, there's a lot of switching around positions. 
I think Anthony will have to start on the right wing. Even though Polistri was really good coming off the bench, I would like to see Polistri make another substitute appearance. And if Anthony's not offering anything down that right, I don't see why Polistri couldn't come on at even half-time, even like earlier than he did last week. But Man United fans, let me know what you think might happen in today's game. And without further ado, here is Eric Ten Hag, followed by Ange Postacoglu. Hi everyone, so welcome to our pre-match press conference for our game against Tottenham Hotspur on Saturday. Uh, we will start with the first section in Balgoes until tomorrow at 1.30pm. We'll start with Sky. Uh, Eric, good afternoon, good to see good you. Afternoon. Uh, first you. of all, can I get your reaction to the fact that Harry Maguire is not now joining West Ham and from your perspective, what happened to ensure that that deal didn't go through? Oh, the process... <laughs> That's what I, I don't know. Only uh, Harry is a player from us. Um, he's a well-credited player from us. I'm happy he's here. So we need a good squad. Um, yeah, We have uh, four good centre-halves. Even with Luke Shaw, if you count him, we have five. And we need that because uh, uh, we go into play 50, 60 games this season. Um, all the players are internationals. So we have uh, a lot of load uh, to, to cover. So, yeah, I'm very happy Harry Maguire is here. He has to fight for his position, as everyone in this squad. Uh, so we construct a, a squad uh, with, uh, with double positions, but we need it. When you say he has to fight for his place, realistically, what do you think he can expect in terms of, of game time? What opportunities will there be for him? It's up to him. What does he have to show you? Yeah, he knows what I expect from him. Can you expand on that for us and tell us what you expect from him? I think I'm now for one year here. You know what I expect from a centre-half. And um, he can do it. Uh, I, I told you many times before, he has the abilities to do it. So now um, yeah, he has to, to show it. It's about, then about character, to be convinced, to play that role. He has all the abilities to do it. And it's up to him when the time is there. Finally for me, Eric, does that mean as well that in this transfer window you're not looking to bring in another centre-half because obviously you've said the options that you already have here. And do you, feel, do you still feel you need to do business in the window in other positions as well? If so, what is it you feel you need to do before that window shuts? Yeah. Our, um, our squad uh, is covered. Uh, all the positions are covered. But yeah, of course, we are Man United. We are always looking for improvement. And when there's the opportunity, yeah, we will strike also in the last two weeks. Uh, Stuart, the Hi, Eric. Um, Hi. Home form has been very impressive over the course of the last year, but it's been difficult at the sort of bigger away games. How will that be put right, do you think, this season? Well, that is one of the aims we, are, we have for this season, that we, we have to step up in away games uh, to gather more points um, uh, to bring higher levels um, uh, because that is uh, the foundation for of course for, for more points so it's often to do with personality so yeah um, that's a demand for me on the players and that we have to, to show more personality on the pitch to win um, such games and so to gather more points in away games do you have any injury issues or any team news and were you able to give players more minutes in their practice game with Everton this week. Yeah, that is. Uh, uh, I, I think it's very helpful uh, to give the players uh, the minutes uh, start of the season. Uh, go back in, in 90 minutes um, uh, after pre-season. It's not that we had a pre-season for six weeks. No, it was more or less four or five weeks. So we need such games to give all the players um, the opportunity to get into the season. Bill, Eric. Lissandro obviously went off at half-time on Monday. Is he going to be available to face Tottenham? He was just training, so I think so, yeah. And in terms of the rest of your squad, you obviously say you're happy with it. If you want to go into the market over the next couple of weeks, is that going to be dependent on players leaving first? As I said, we're always looking for opportunities, but I think we have a good squad. And, um, yeah. and with this squad... Um, we are convinced uh, that uh, we can go for our targets. 
Paul put out a statement about Mason Greenwood yesterday. With that hanging over you, with the ownership situation still unresolved, how much does that affect you and the players? Is it easy to ignore? Is it something that concerns you a lot? No. We focus on way of play. So we focus on team performance. It's about the players who are available. And so we're focusing now on, on Tottenham Hotspur and uh, every start of the season is difficult. We know that, we are really aware of it. So we had a start, uh, we know the performance was not what we hoped, but we won and it showed the character and the personality. And that is one of the things we had to step up um, in according to last season. Your job is clearly preparing for Tottenham, but Manchester United's women's team obviously have several players involved in a World Cup final this weekend. I just wonder how you feel about those women being out there, what your message is to them as a club this weekend. Oh, it's great. First, eh? a Dutch manager. Eh? She's doing a great job for England. Um, so I'm, I'm very proud of her, um, coming from the Dutch school. Uh, but of course, I, uh, yeah, I'm a supporter, I'm a fan from from the England women team and yeah, I really cross my fingers and hope that they return with the World Cup yeah yeah um, can I ask about uh, Johnny Evans situation when does that short term contract he signed run until what do you see happening with Johnny and does his situation depend on Harry Maguire at last no and it doesn't affect um, yeah we will see um, uh, we are in, in talks and yeah, when we have news, we will we will bring that as always. So, does he remain under contract as it stands? Pardon? Is he under contract at the moment? In this moment, not. Huh? So, yeah, yeah. If I have to say, it's a short huh, for huh, for this this month. He's on the contract, but we are talking. And would you like him to stay? Yeah. Otherwise, we didn't. We should not talk. Huh? Um, ask you about team news first of all whether everyone's come through training and play this week and in particular whether Christian Romero can play tomorrow yeah yeah no um, uh, in terms of Christian he's uh, yeah he's good to go we, we obviously um, yeah he's been in the hands of the medical team just going through all the protocols it's a pretty um, yeah clearly defined uh, sort of process we needed to go through and he's ticked all the boxes he's, he's felt fine all week to be fair to him and um, trained and uh, ready to go and Aside from that, no change from last week. I'm going to take an educated guess that you don't really follow social media, but the reaction to the Brentford game has been overwhelmingly positive. Spurs fans excited about the side playing entertaining front foot football again, about this new era. Is that buy-in from the fans something you are aware of and is it important to you? Yeah, no, I'm not all over social media, but I'm well aware when things aren't going well, what... Uh, slowly filters through to me. Um, look, I'm, I'm, I'm obviously pleased that, you know, um, our supporters and, and, you know, people associated with the club are feeling positive. I, you know, it was it was an okay start for us. You know, we, we, we're still very early stages of kind of the, the way we want to play, the way we, we want to go about things. And I guess the most positive thing to take out of the first game for us was that we had a lot of things sort of go wrong in that first 45 minutes that aren't sort of part of, you know, you can say you're planning in that, you know, we, we, we score first and then the goal scorer and our, our most experienced, most accomplished defender in a very young back four has to go off and then you can see the, a penalty which, you know, at the time I'm thinking, you know, well, it, was, it was a bit of a harsh one and then you watch Monday night and that reframes your, your thinking and then... Um, and then we concede an own goal from a guy making his debut. So with all those kind of things in that context, you go, geez, it could have gone south really quickly, but I really liked the way the players reacted to it. So that was the most positive thing for me. It wasn't so much our football, because I still think we've got a long way to go there, but we're going to need resilience um, this year for sure, because there are going to be many times where we're going to get tested. And uh, I thought that was a good sort of early sign for us. In terms of the transcriptivity, <coughs> Is it fair to say that you need to get players out before you even think about getting players in, or do you feel you still need reinforcements in terms of incoming as well? 
Well, the, 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 the reality of it. We can't just keep acquiring players. I mean, we've got a too big a squad as it is at the moment and, and it affects your training, it affects the players themselves because you know, ultimately they will want to play and be involved. So, you know, for us it's it's not so much one has to happen for the other but, you know, like I said, our focus right at the moment is to try and trim the squad down and... Um, and then see where where that takes us in terms of um, reinforcements. Um, you know, we'll, we're constantly assessing that on a daily basis. And you know, there's still what two weeks to go in the window, and uh, I'm sure you'll see some movement. In terms of areas on the pitch, is it just a striker in particular that you feel as if you maybe need to bring in? No, not necessarily. Um, you know, I, I know that's kind of the obvious place people look at because of. You know, recent outgoings, but um, like I said, we've been planning for that for a while. For me, it's just, you know, we just got to, you know, there's still areas I think we can strengthen in all our lines, to be honest, um, you know, defensively, midfield, up front. Um, but again, that's not just sort of bringing players in for the sake of it. They've got to fit the sort of profile we're looking at. Um, you know, we're purposely gone a bit younger with our, with our sort of recruiting because we want to build a team here. It's not about sort of you know, putting some some finishing touches to something, we're building something here. So, um, yeah, that's the kind of profiles we're looking at. Just finally for me, sorry to have to bring it up, but I'm sure you watched the Lionesses and the Matildas a couple of days ago. You're really sorry you have to bring it well, up? Well, you know, I'm an Irishman, so... Okay, that's true, fair, fair. Um, two, two things. Uh, one, will you now be rooting for England in the final? And, and two, are you happy if we call out the Ashes for cider? Nah, 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 the Ashes are done, mate. They're, they're, they're back in Australia. And uh, look, it was, a, it, was a, it, was a, it was a great game and... Um, you know, talking to people back home, it's just the way the whole tournament's been embraced is the most important thing for us. I know, you know, obviously much prefer we'd won and, and got to the final, but, you know, if you know the sort of um, the history of football in, in, in Australia, um, we don't have many of these moments where, you know, the whole country is looking at the game, let alone the, the team, you know, the, the, the Matildas, the national team, but they're just looking at the game. And you know, for people like me and people who sort of, you know, grew up, we got Lynchy back there, it was in your game over in Australia, it's hard, you know, it's hard to get you know, the game in, in the papers or in the, on TV or any sort of exposure and it's been wall to wall, which is brilliant and it's in the middle of, you know, um, the other code season, which again is um, is gold for us. So hopefully it's, it's everlasting. Um, as to who I'll be going for, you know, I live in England now and... Um, as long as it's a great game and a great spectacle, that's all I'll say, mate. It's incredibly massive. Yeah, I will be. Yeah. <laughs> Alex? Hi, Ed. Tomorrow will be the first time you face Manchester United as a head coach. How much are you looking forward to it and, and what kind of game are you expect? Well, every week will be a first. I mean, I, I can't really get up for it because I'll be I'll be buzzing all year. So, um, it's it, look, it's a, it's a great challenge for us. I mean, the most important thing for us is, is it's our first, uh, you know, home game um, in the in the Premier League and obviously um, you know, last week like I said we, we showed some really good characteristics in terms of our resilience tomorrow's about showing a little bit more about football and hopefully you know against a really strong opponent um, try and impose our game style that's that's got to be our goal every week now to, to see if we can improve the way we play our football and, and make an impact against the best teams and um, you know, that's our challenge tomorrow you know, I'm sure our fans will be up for us so I'm looking forward to it um, you know, so from my perspective, it's more about sort of, you know, we're at that stage where everything, all our focus has to be on us and, and developing our football. The work Eric Ten Hag is doing at Manchester United has been compared to the work he did at Celtic. How highly do you rate him as a manager? Yeah, very highly. I mean, I obviously followed him from um, you know, his, days, his days at Ajax and, and, and previous to that, and he, you know, he built a great team there and... Um, yeah, you can see in Man U, he's, he's he's made an impact at a club where you know um, it's been very difficult to make an impact since uh, Sir Alex uh, retired. So you know it's not it's not the easiest job in the world. And uh, yeah, I've got a great respect for for him as I do for all managers. I think to get to this space uh, where, you, where you're managing the Premier League, uh, you know, uh, requires a fair bit of. Uh, um, let's just say, you know, a body of work to get you to, to a certain space and, um, you know, he's earned the right to, to coach one of the biggest clubs in the world and I think he's doing a good job. As you said, your first Premier League game at <coughs> Stadium, what kind of atmosphere are you hoping for and do you already feel a strong connection with the Tottenham fans? 
Yeah, it'll be. You know, I'm sure it'll be a great atmosphere. We obviously had the friendly game against Shakhtar there, and um, you can just sense. I mean, it's a great stadium, and um, you know, I am. I'm looking forward to to the atmosphere generated by our supporters, and you know, look, I'm, I'm at that sort of you know, funny stage of you know, the supporters at the moment have been very, very supportive, but I don't sort of. Um, expect that nor do I feel worthy of it I've still got to prove myself to to our fans and, and the people at the club by our deeds rather than sort of our words and at the moment you know the, we're hopefully um, you know giving them some sort of belief in what we're trying to create but we've still got to back that up and improve on a weekly basis and, and you know we need our supporters behind us um, there's no doubt about that we want you know the you know, Tottenham ground to be a place where you know the energy is all on our side so um, hopefully that that's that happens tomorrow. You just said that you're in the early stages the way you want to play how long do you think it will take to get this team to where you want it to be? No idea no idea I mean it doesn't doesn't work you know if, if there was a, a, an exact timeline um, you know I, I, I probably wouldn't be as excited about the prospect as I am because everywhere I've worked it's taken a different amount of time um, there's always been a happy ending, so I take solace in that. But um, the beginnings are always challenging, and how long they last just depends. Depends on, you know, the players, the competition, the way we're working. Um, depends on a lot of things, and, and I don't put timelines on it because I just think, as I said, um, that's the exciting bit for me. You know, you always hope it happens really quickly for many reasons, but uh, you know, I, I don't put that sort of expectation on the players. It's just about, you know them understanding how we want to play, how we want to behave and how we want to approach things. And, you know, as I said, um, you know, at different stages, it, we'll, we'll see it click in. Just finally, how pleased are you with the new captain, vice-captains that they've stepped up? Yeah, they've been good. I mean, Sonny and, and you know, look, I think um, he's been he's been captain of his country for, for a while now. And, um, you know, he's always had, I think, a fairly, you know, um, sort of, position in the game where, you know, he's well respected by, by friend and foe, you know, so he's one of these kind of players and I think, you know, he leads by example, he trains hard every day and I think he's in, he's embraced the role and him and, and Matters and obviously uh, Romero, um, you know, it's theirs now, you know, it's, it's up to them to, to make it what it is and um, I'm sure that they're sort of going through that process now of you know, really trying to figure out, you know, what kind of leaders they want to be and and the environment, it's, it's all part of that process. Thanks, Sam. It felt like a, a new look club and team last week with a style, and there's obviously quite a few new faces making their debut. I think Spurs fans are pretty excited with, with what they saw sort of really from, from all the debutants. Just how happy are you and pleased are you with how quickly the new guys have, have settled into this team? Yeah, pleased. Um, you know, in many respects, they've got no choice. You know, that's that's the life of a professional footballer these days. We, we don't have a a massive tolerance or patience, um, you know, we expect them to hit, you know, go in and just hit the ground running and, uh, you know, my expectations of them, again, I, I kind of work with them every day, um, apart from Mickey, obviously, who came in late, um, you know, with Destiny and Vic and, and Matters, you know, you know, making their debuts for the club, they've had a really good pre-season, so, you know, I was confident, you know, that they would go out there and acquit themselves well, but, you know, Mickey was, again... <coughs> You know, very, very good in the way, you know, he just approached the whole game. I thought he showed a really good temperament uh, for a young guy. I mean, you've got to remember that he's 22, you know, Destiny's 20. Um, so, you know, the fact that they had the temperament in a very difficult venue and, the, like I said, the way the game went in the first half, I thought they really quitted themselves well. So that's good signs for us. But um, I think part of that is also the way the, the whole, <laughs> whole group's embracing new players. Um, you know, it's a good environment and they feel like, yeah, they feel comfortable enough to then just concentrate on performing. And he's not a new, a new player, but maybe it's a, a new start for, for Ipa Sumer in midfield. He came to the club with a big reputation, I guess for different reasons, maybe didn't live up to that expectation last season. But, I mean, he was brilliant, wasn't he, on Sunday? Just how important is he going to be, do you think, moving forward in your team? And it's almost like a, a fresh start, a new signing for, for Spurs with him. Yeah, no, he was good. Um, you know, still areas, you know, he needs to improve and, and, and we're pushing. But, um, yeah, he, he was good. He's been good all pre-season. And, look, it's the same for all the players. I guess every, you know, irrespective of how, you know, what your history is, every every opportunity, every year offers a new opportunity to, to establish yourself and, and make an impact and, and, and make your mark. And, 
you know, BIS has that opportunity along with others. I mean, ultimately, you know, it's it's their careers. There's, there's you know, they're, they're not infinite. They're finite. That There's an end date to them. And every year that, you know, they don't want to have too many years where they just feel like they haven't made the impact they want. So, um you know, he's he's had a good energy about him. He's, he trains well. He's, you know, he's. I think he, the way we play does suit him for sure. But you know, still areas he's got to improve. And and you know, the great thing is, you know, this week he's, you know, he's, he's taken on that information and hopefully, you know, he keeps developing. I know it's only the second game of the season, so you won't want to get too high or too low with the result. But it does seem to be a buzz around the place at the moment. Just how important do you think could it be for the whole club just to get? <coughs> a win at home against one of the big boys so so early on in the season in terms of confidence around the whole place? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, getting just a win, I don't know if that does anything. If we go out there and win 1-0 and we're not convincing in our performance, yeah, OK, we'll feel good for a couple of days, but that isn't going to give me any sort of um, real solace that we're heading in the right direction. Strong performance is what we're after. You know? Obviously, we want to win. I mean, that's that goes without saying, but you want to win on the back of playing our football, um, showing signs of progression from last week, um, you know, trying to impose a game against a really good opponent. And you win that way, and that's how you accelerate belief. But, you know, we, we've got to get a... You know, we can't be in a situation where there's a desperation just for a result because then it goes against the grain of everything we're trying to build here. But... We fully understand, and I certainly fully understand that for a lot of people that's the only measure, and um, you, you've just got to accept that. But for me, tomorrow it's about a strong performance, progression from last week against a really you know, good opponent, and um, and hopefully that that gives us that momentum to keep going. George, Angelo, um, I think the Tottenham fans have found it quite hard going to White Hart Lane in terms of the style of football from the past three managers. So are you just sort of going to entertain the Tottenham fans so that they're excited to come and see this team play? Is that your plan for the season? My plan is to win. Um, that's the only thing that kind of my focus is. But as I said before, you know, the way we play is important to that. And, and you know, we can't just sort of, you know, I, I understand that, you know, last year was a very, very difficult year. But, you know, this club's been in a... You know, pretty good shape for the last um, sort of X amount of time. You know, you can go back as far as you want. Okay, they haven't had the ultimate success, but they've been, you know, in a, in a very in the hardest league in the world. They've been a very, very good side. So, I don't think the whole experience of the Tottenham supporters over the last few years has been that negative. You know, I just think of the backdrop of next last year for sure. You know, but I, I, I don't want to sell them false hope. But I, I, you know, this is not they're not coming to um, you know they're not coming to a carnival. It's a football match. And they want to go home for three points, but within that context, I want I want us to play football that does excite them for sure, and not just them, but I want everyone sort of talking about the way we play. And I think that's that's always been my sort of marker as to making an impact, and and within that context, that takes us to to the point where we have success. But you know, it's not um, you know I'm not it's not about sort of making them happy. It's about giving them joy joy that comes from suffering, you know, and, and, and I mean, I, I just, I'll say that because I listened to a podcast during the week and I just thought it was a great sort of description of what football is about, you know, it, it's, it's not about being happy because you actually suffer a game of football until that joyous moment when the ball goes in the net or you win the game, you know, and um, that's kind of, I thought, a nice way of sort of what I'm trying to do is just bring them joy, but understand there's going to be some suffering within that, you know. What was the podcast? It was, um, it was Louis Thoreau interviewing um, Australian, um, Australian singer, what's his name? Oh, escapes me now. Um, Louis Thoreau. <laughs> it's a little bit deeper than that. No, nothing against Peter Andre, obviously. Uh, he's, he's, a, he's a fantastic talent. Um, it, yeah, it just escapes me for the moment. Yeah. It was a good podcast. You like it? it was interesting. I like listening to things. I like reading things. If something sort of pops up that I, I sort of piques my interest, I'll always, uh, you never stop learning, mate. You know, it's funny that. So, uh, and the best way to do that is listen. Don't talk too much. Thank you. No, my pleasure. Ali. Sorry, I was just trying to cut podcasts. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 
Mickey van der Ven mentioned earlier, he's got called up today for the uh, Dutch side for the first time. How much does that vindicate his move to Spurs and just how high do you think his ceiling is? Look, we, we signed him because we believe, that, you know, that he's got some great attributes and great profile and, and, and some great potential. But, you know, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't go as far as, say, one game, you know, sort of justifies all those things. Mickey knows that he's here to, to challenge himself, for sure. He's here to improve. He's here to um, kind of hopefully develop into the defender that he wants to be and we, we believe he can be in the toughest possible environment. I mean, he, he only had one year in the Bundesliga, you know, and, and before that he was at Volendam. He wasn't like at one of the big Dutch clubs with respect to, to Volendam. So, you know, he, he's made some enormous leaps and which was encouraging to me because it meant that this is another enormous leap that he, he'll be able to handle it. But, you know, he'll be the first to say that one game is not what he came here for. You know, he's here to... Like I said, to challenge himself, he's going to be facing the world's some of the world's greatest strikers on a weekly basis, um, you know, and and that'll be his 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 challenge. But he's he's a willing learner. He, like I said, he came that with with that mindset. And our role is to provide that environment. Now that's our responsibility. We've we've taken the potential now is to give him the environment to turn that potential into you know what he can be. <coughs> Ahead of tomorrow's match, Tottenham Hotspur Sports Trust doing a demonstration outside the ground about uh, increasing match day ticket prices. Obviously, mm. now you're the man that's going to kind of provide what they're paying to what, I guess, obviously from the sidelines. And what do you make of all of that? God, you know, I think my role within that is to, as you said, to make sure that the, the stuff I'm con in control of. Um, you know, they they respond to in a positive way because ultimately it's their football club, you know. So, um, to be fair, it's not an unusual space for me. I mean, I know people talk about the treble I won at Celtic, but the beginnings of Celtic were very similar, you know. There, there was, you know, there's a lot going on on and off the field at the time. And it's only natural when, when, when football clubs have a disappointing period that there's going to be that kind of, um, you know, um, environment where, you know, the there is going to be people unhappy. But my role within that is, like I said, to, to hopefully get people to um, focus on, on on what we're all here for, and that is, you know, the, the, the football club and the players and, and the team and, and having success. And there's no doubt that we'll get there quicker if we're united, you know, on and off the field, absolutely. Um, but I've never and I never will, you know, tell people how to feel or how they should behave in terms of the context of expressing, you know, their their emotions. I think, you know, that's their right. They've earned that right to do that. Um, and and my role in that is to try and produce a team that hopefully gets us united to, to what's most important. Very different topic. Uh, Dane Scarlett, I just wonder what your plans are for this season. Is it going to stay with you in development or go away maybe and develop somewhere else? Yeah, we'll just see. He's been really good. I've been really impressed with him um, since I've come in. He, he had a, you know, he had a bit of an injury which set him back a little bit pre-season. So, um, but we're we'll, we'll keeping him with us at the moment. Um, you know, I'll probably make a decision on on Dane sort of to you know, the next couple of weeks about whether, you know, it's always a fine balancing act whether you know they stay with us in the training environment. You know, depending on sort of game time we think they'll get, as opposed to to going out and and, you know, getting some meaningful games on um, at, at his age. So we'll make that decision, but I'm really happy with the way he's developed, the way he's, uh, you know, the way he's training and, and you know, we'll, we'll make that decision over the next sort of week or so. OK, last couple of this section, Charlie and then George, please. Um, obviously, you've watched a huge amount of Premier League already, but what, was there anything that surprised you from actually managing a game last week? Well, we didn't start because there was a lack of water. <laughs> so there, there's the first for you, and that's and that's a beauty. That's a beauty of football, you know. It doesn't matter how long I've been in. There's always something new. Um, no, look. Aside from that, not no, not really. I mean, it was a. Like I said the, the the game was 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 okay. There was a fair bit going on, particularly in that first half, and um, you know, my sort of view of that was that you know. Like I said, I was really pleased with the way we responded to, to what happened. But, yeah, it was still still a game of football, mate, where you're trying to, you know, prepare a team and and then, you know, sort of hopefully seeing 
the things that you've worked on and the information you've given come to fruition in some way, shape or form and that was the focus on the day. Um, yeah, I can see why it's a difficult place to, to, to go and win games. Um, you know, they create, you know, it's obviously a small, tight ground. They create a really good atmosphere. They get behind their team and uh, and they're a very well-organised, structured side. But, you know, we kind of knew that going into it. How different then would it be playing United tomorrow, a team, you know, Brentford are a very well-organised team defensively, maybe don't attack as much as some teams. How different would the challenge be tomorrow? Yeah, it would be different, but I think every sort of game's different. I think, you know, you kind of look at, teams and, and the first thing you, 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 you try and identify is there a sort of you know, real sort of pattern in the way they play and usually that's on the back of you know how long they've been doing it that way in the manager and obviously with Brent, Brentford Thomas has been there for quite a while so you can see it's it's firmly ingrained in their players and in their methodology and I think it's the same with Eric now. He's kind of in that period where the, the players are slowly grasping again. You know, you can see there's a consistency in the way they do things. And that's what you're kind of first thing you try and identify. So the challenge is different. But, you know, is it well established or is it something that's new or something that's a different direction? And um, like I said that it'll be a different challenge, but um, no less you know, challenging, as I said, because, um, you know, they, they've got a team that, that's sort of been working on it for, for a fair while now. How long is it as well to get the balance right between, obviously you want to focus on you know, what you're doing as Spurs being the protagonist in the game, but also accepting that you do need to be conscious of what the opponents do? I think you always do that, but I, you know, my, my fallback position on that is, particularly in these early stages, it's still got to be about us. Um, you know, I think if we focus too much on um, you know, negating the opposition, then... We're not really building, you know. What we're doing again is is surviving, and, and again, it's there's a desperation around the result, which I understand. Like I said, that that's some people's only measure, but you know, I'd much rather focus, you know, on you know, can we impose our our game style on a very good opponent? You know, that's that's got to be our ambition tomorrow. Um, that's where we're going to lean towards, rather than sort of. Um, you know, spending too much time or, or focusing too much on, on what an opposition, uh, you know, potentially has to offer or where they can hurt us. George. Hi, Andrew. You just mentioned then that you almost don't feel worthy of the fans' support so far. Um, at the start of last weekend's game, they never seen your name for a long time, three, four minutes. How much did that, did that mean to you? Yeah, it means a lot, but like I said, I you know, it, 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 I'm not comfortable with it because I, you know, and, and you love what it means because it's, yeah, you know, for the most part, it's just blind faith. You know, I haven't yet delivered anything. You know, you, you know, hopefully when the day comes that you know we deliver as a team, then you, you kind of um, it means something different then, um, but. I don't dismiss it either because, you know, um, that's, like I said, that's people taking a huge leap of faith on on, on, on me as an individual and um, I appreciate that, but it also, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a really good reminder of the responsibility I have. You know, I've got to, I've got to pay that back, you know, that, that faith and, you know, support that at the moment is on the back of very little, um, you know, we've got to start producing stuff that's substantial so we, we, we kind of, you know, take that credit when it's deserved. And just for the fans process, the fans made a conscious effort to do that outside the stadium a couple of hours before the match. The plan is to make the atmosphere inside the stadium as good as possible so it doesn't affect the players. How much do you appreciate that, that they're sort of separating the two issues and supporting the players whilst also having their moment? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's, it is important. As I said earlier, I think, Ultimately, with all these things, you know, you, 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 the first thing you kind of question is the motive of why people are doing it, and that's something I can't answer because I wasn't here, you know. So, like I said, I can't tell people how to feel, but, um, you know, like I said, what I do know is if, if we are united, and, you know, as, as a football club, uh, supporters, um, everyone involved in and out of the club, during those 90 minutes, or... 120 minutes, depending on how much extra time we have, um, it gives us our best chance of success, you know, and, and ultimately that's why we all do it, you know, for, for all, you know, you can, 
you know, in every family you can have disagreements, but you come together, hopefully at the dinner table, and and sort of you know embrace the fact that you know we are we are a family, and uh, we're going to need our supporters tomorrow for sure. But our role in that is to to give them something to to get excited about. Yeah, look, I'm not really across it. Like I said, with with the outgoings, I'm, I'm not for any other reason that <coughs> I have very little control over it, and also, you know, my focus has to be on on sort of you know what's what's in front of us right now. Um, you know, he's obviously training, but I think with all these things, uh, I'm assuming that over the the, the yeah, as we get close to the window, they'll all sort of accelerate, I expect. Spurs struggled to, to offload players and then to loan them in the end. Do you think fans don't have to be patient on this and it might even be a situation where you're not able to bring in transfer fees for quite a few of these players? Um... Look, it, it, yeah, may well be the case. I mean, you just don't know. It's 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 a funny sort of transfer season at the moment. There's there's a lot happening at the top end, and you know, sort of very little below that when you look at it. You know, from from a sort of external point of view. Um, so, but again, I'm reticent to, to send any messages around that stuff because it's not something I'm, I'm really close to right now in terms of my involvement with, you know, where we're at in, in terms of those outgoings. So, um, you know, obviously I'm, I'm aware of, you know, the, the kind of what's happening um, in all those spaces because, as I said, at the moment our squad's too big and we need to, to, to trim it. Um, but, you know, in terms of what that's going to look like um, from any kind of aspect, I'm, you know, I'm not really sure um, how it's all going to end up. You've spoken before about when you met Sarah Ferguson at that game when you were 34. Um, looking back over what you said about it before, you said it was very significant for you. What have you taken from his management over the years into your own game? I don't, yeah, I don't take it into my own game, but you obviously, you know, you, these you know, people like Sir Alex are people who, whether it's consciously or unconsciously, they, they have an effect on you. Like, you know, and it's not just football managers, but like I said before, I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a pretty curious kind of guy. So you, you learn things from all sorts of people and all sorts of events. And I've always tried to constantly, you know, nourish that part of my brain that that is constantly curious about about things. So well, it was just significant for me because, like I said, we we were coming from you know nowhere, playing one of the world's most iconic stadiums, American R, against one of the, you know, greatest teams at that time that, you know, football had seen and, and against one of the greatest managers. So, you know, it was, as I've said a million times, you know, you, I had sort of five or six minutes with him and apart from saying hello, I just listened. And that's the best way to kind of have interactions with people like that because no point in me talking for five minutes. He's not going to learn anything off me. Just back to what you were saying about learning things from all over the place. You already proved that earlier in this press conference with that um, podcast we're doing through. What's the most seemingly from the outside obscure um, source that you've gained inspiration from? I I don't know. I mean, it's just just people, mate. You know, you just you you're, you know. Sometimes I'll meet. You know, you just have an interaction with a person. You walk away, and for them it's insignificant. But for you, you go. You know, I just, you walk away thinking that was never thought about it like that. You know, I've, I've 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 been fortunate that the game's taken me all around the world, and you know, I've met people from you know, different cultures, different upbringing, different values, different ways of seeing the world. And you know, like I said, you you, you kind of listen to them, and you go, I've never thought about it like that. And you walk away, and you have a different perspective straight away. Whether that you put that into some sort of you know. Um, action in terms of the way you live your life. I don't know, but it's there. It's a seed, you know, that that, that is planted. Um, you know, we all have limited sort of brain space. You know, mine's getting more limited because I remember the podcast but not the person I interviewed, so that tells you where, where I'm at in my in my life. But, um, 
you know, those kind of things. You know, I love that about life. I love that about football. You know, football's given me that, you know, I've been, I've felt like I've never stopped learning because, like I said, I'm, I'm really curious and, and, and the football's told me that, um, you know, to never kind of have a narrow mind about things. Yeah. I think it was Sia. No, it wasn't, mate. It, wasn't. Oh. it was an Aussie. I'll get it, mate. It's a bloke. Um, did a duet with Kylie when they come on, Lichie. Yeah. No, come on. <laughs> you got you guys have got to open your mind, mate. You got you got a very narrow face. What's your favorite? Huh? Nick Cave. Nick Cave. Thank you, Lichie. Thank you, Jesus. Talk about open minds. The most closed-minded group of individuals. Jason Donovan and Peter Andre. Nick Cave is deeper than Peter Andre. Just on that, Andrew, I mm. wondered if that philosophy that you heard from Nick Cain, <laughs> uh, is that the first time you've ever thought of football like that, or is it... Was yeah, I just, just that expression I just just hit me because, you know, because there's a lot of times we talk about, you know, people always say to me, hey, can you keep the play, you know, do you keep the players happy or you can you keep the supporters happy? And I just don't think that describes, you don't sort of skip into a football ground and, you know, have a smile on your face. It, it is, it's... That's what we love about it, especially our game, because scoring goals, which is the ultimate sort of release, is such a hard thing to do that preceding that is, it's suffering because every time the opposition have the ball, they get to your goal and you're, you're kind of looking at it through clenched teeth. And you know, So I just thought it was a really good expression. I can't remember what Nick was talking about in, in reference to, but I just, I just thought from a football context, I just thought it was really... And like I said, that's look. I mean, I don't want to make a big deal out of it, but like that's me at fifty-seven listening to something, and I hadn't even thought about it. And I thought, you know, and that's and that's the beauty of it. And um, yeah, I just thought it was a really bad description. Matt, um, yeah, just back on the stadium for me. Uh, at White Hart Lane, the old one um, last season was unbeaten, and it was a fortress, proper fortress. Is it too daunting a stadium almost to build as a home and a fortress because? away teams come there and they're also inspired to play their best football. Does it make it harder to make it that sort of No, I don't think so. I think, you know, those kind of things are built on the back of, um, you know, context in terms of the experience you give opposition teams. You know, if, if, if they come to our ground and they look forward to playing us, I think that's how you create that sort of mentality. You know, it's not about... You know, yes, it's a beautiful stadium and absolutely, but, you know, as much as opposition teams may enjoy playing in the in the venue, what we've got to ensure is they don't enjoy the experience of it, you know, and, and that's up to us. It's, it's how you, you know, what sort of mentality because, you know, irrespective of the venue, it's, you know, what what makes things, you know, what, what makes grounds difficult to to play at is the experience you have on them, you know, whether that's the, the environment the fans create or the football you play or the challenges you put to them. And that's, that's how we, we, we have to, you know, if we want to make our form home ground, uh, <coughs> everyone uses the word fortress, I don't really know what that means, but um, if we want to make it a place where we see it as an advantage, then we've got to make sure that the experience of opposition clubs is not a... It's not a pleasant one in a football sense. Yeah, in terms of intimidation, have you been right to the top of it? Or is that not your No nah, chance, mate. <laughs> I, I said I'm curious, but not, not <laughs> stupid. <laughs> no, no chance. Put it slightly left field then, you know, with the club's motto being to dare is to do, what, what would you say is the most daring thing you've done in your life? Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, like I said, I'm not, I'm not that sort of adventurous. I, I, I think a lot of the decisions I've made in my career, you know, um, that's probably the most daring things. I've taken on some pretty big challenges and where, you know, while others may see it as, um, you know, an obvious thing, um, it meant, you know, leaving some some security and some surety behind, you know, because I've usually left on the back of success where, you know, I, you know, I could have continued on uh, but, um, yeah, I left our national team before a World Cup, mate. You know, that's 
pretty daring. I mean, I'm giving up a World Cup with no security or no real. So you know, I've tried, I've tried to to, to be like that in my professional life. I'm a lot more conservative in my personal life, mate. You feel right? Yeah, very much so. Harry. Just ask you, you said about the sort of style and sort of the direction you want to go. What, what markers are you using to actually work out whether you think the style isn't going in the direction you want it to go? What parameters are the markers? Do you yeah, look, I mean, yeah, we, we, we kind of work on those things daily, you know. The, 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 it, it's, 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 some of it is metrics. So, you know, um, we have some internal markers that we look for in the game style in terms of, you know, what we do when we have the ball, what we do when we don't have the ball. Um, there's some physical markers that we look for. Um, there's some daily markers in our training that we look for, improvements in areas. There's Then it drills down to the individuals and seeing the individuals, are they embracing? We Every session that the coaches put together has meaning, has some kind of outcome, then we measure that in a game. So you've got the scoreboard that tells you a fair bit, yeah. So, but that everyone, but everyone can see that, yeah. That's right. So we our, we need to measure our progress, but it's not it's not one or two things. It's a whole range of things. It's why it's hard to. And you know, people say, well, where are you at? Well, in some areas we're in a good space. In other areas we've got miles to go, miles to go, and that miles to go may always be there because there's always another challenge, but. You know, did we see elements of our game last week? Were we trying to impose ourselves on the game? Yes. Did we play the game in the areas that we want to? For the most part, yes. Um, did we create the opportunities that we wanted to? No. So, you know, they're the kind of things. But it's it's a fairly broad thing. It's not just, you know, it's not just, you know, we want 10 shots on goal and that's the way we know where, where, where we are. Sure on the players, obviously you said Harry, you were quite keen at the result before the start of the season. With the ones who are left here, if you go back to Antonio, it was quite firm. It's obviously been four players and you wanted these players. Are you quite a sort of regimented with, with Daniel? You would say, like, this player's must go, you must just get them out the door, I need this squad and I need this one's in and you know, do what you just do it. Or are you, are you much more flexible than that? Well, you, you have know? to be flexible, right? it doesn't work that you know, you, you can't, there's no. It well, yeah, I know, but I think even within that context, you know, I mean, I'm not going to speak for, for Antonio, but, um, you know, I just don't think that anything in football these days is, is that black and white. There's just so many moving parts to it, you know, and um, the reality is you may not get a player out and he may be part of your squad and you need him because you're not going to go with a man down, you know, you need that person, so... Um, you may be wanting to bring someone in. <clears throat> it's, it's just not going to happen. You know, you can't just then turn around and say, well, we can't achieve what we want to. So, but, you know, we're in constant dialogue you know, with, with Daniel and, and you know, everyone else in the football department. And, you know, like I said, there's a lot of moving parts in that. And, and hopefully when we get to the end of the window, we want to be in a space where we've got the majority of what we needed to do done. OK, thanks, guys. Thank you.